Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi, and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And today it's me, Kate, and I'm super delighted to be joined by a dear sober sister um, and friend, Nancy, who is the sober loving radical. Um, you might know her as on Instagram and TikTok. She is a what did I what did we say you were? You're a sober life activist, I think is one of the best ways to put put it. It's like you're so out and proud and encouraging and really support a lot of people. And I don't know, just walking the walk and talking the talk and doing it all fabulously. <laughs> oh, thank you, darling. What a lovely introduction. <laughs> so yeah, really, really pleased to talk to Nancy. Um and dive into her story a bit and also talk a bit about, I don't know, just have a, a bit of a chat about, about being women, about being mums, about what's going on at the moment in terms of life, pandemic still bloody hanging around, this run up to Christmas and kind of all the things, it's almost like all the elements that are putting pressure on us as women, I think, in our sobriety what we're longing for and maybe how do we think we might get it so cutting through the noise and seeing how we might actually meet our needs <laughs> actually get to meet our needs and this craziness that there is at the moment so um so hi Nancy how are you doing I'm I'm all right Kate <laughs> um yeah hanging on in there uh I just I was feeling good and then got cursed with one of my hormonal headaches this morning I seem to get at least one or two a month which is part of the whole shift in hormones I think but I've I've got my my herbal tea and I've knocked back some paracetamol so I'm hoping it's going to wear off as we chat and um yeah I mean I'm generally okay but life does feel difficult at the moment Mm. you know for various reasons and I'm just trying to be very compassionate and gentle with myself, I suppose. Mm. Hearing you, hearing you loud and clear. I mean, we've, um, I think we met at a kind of get together that I think Mandy put together, you know, yes. in her amazing networking, bringing people together skills that she's so good at. Yeah. Um, and we met a few years back. And, and then we found out we've got quite a lot in common, haven't we? And a lot of things when, that you say to me really resonate with me, you know, the sort of the squeezed mum thing, the, the sort of the hormonal perimenopause into menopause stuff. Um, and obviously the sobriety stuff and, and, you know, similarities in terms of our families as well. You know, we've got that neurodiverse piece. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm hearing you on all of that. It, it's kind of a lot. And I just wonder, you know, I feel the same. I've, I've not got a, a headache, but I'm not sleeping very well. And you said to me, oh, why is that? And I was like, well, I think it's menopause. <laughs> so it's that little, we've got our little menopause shout out the way before we came on air. And now I'm like, <laughs> let's talk about the menopause again. Um, you know, and we were also talking, weren't we, about kind of, being kind of frazzled burnt out distracted and trying to get some kind of genuine connection so we were trying to tease it out weren't we over the last couple of weeks I think but um so we're going to dive into all of that but if just if we could start off anyone who's listening in who doesn't know you and who hasn't seen all your I just love your TikToks they're bloody (laughs) great you really have to check out Nancy so loving words caught on TikTok but yeah if you could tell tell us a little bit about your drinking story and your how you came to be alcohol free okay yeah my drinking started probably like many people um, of my generation in the UK actually when I was about 14 I started hanging out with a group of older friends and in those days I could get away with being in a pub as long as one of the taller lads went up to the bar and bought the drinks um and it started off in earnest. I was drinking like neat vodka. <laughs> um, not all the time, just like weekends. And it felt like 
fun and being a bit wild and being rebellious, but actually it's also what was modeled to me. You know, my mum, it's what I saw. I saw drinking, I saw parties, I saw a bit of hedonism um, at home. And that sort of came and went throughout my teens. It wasn't really a problem into my 20s, uh, mid-20s. I really started then experimenting with recreational drugs and the rave scene and festivals and party going. Um, and again, it was that era in the 90s where it was all about keeping up with the lads, you know, drinking pints down the pub and uh, ladette culture and all of that. And it really felt like it had become my personality. Uh, and that was all okay until I fell in love with my husband and we got married and I started thinking about wanting to have children. Um, the first thing to tackle was recreational drug use, which we both knocked on the head. And that wasn't too difficult. Um, but then once we'd had our first son and then our second son quite quickly, they were 21 months apart, I was really escaping motherhood by drinking. And when you start drinking at home, something shifts. Mm. It's not about it being fun anymore. It was about it being an escape from the stress and the overwhelm and feeling like I didn't know what the hell I was doing, feeling unsupported. And I had this, I had like, my mum trying to give me support, but in a way that didn't align with my gut and my values. You know, that old fashioned thing of he's only crying for attention, put the pram out in the garden and ignore him. And somewhere deep inside of me, that didn't feel right. So there was conflict there with that. Really the only kind of support that I had access to was my mum. And I, I just don't think I cope with it very well. I, I felt like I was failing. I felt like I wasn't getting it right. And I felt lonely and I drank in the evenings to escape. And very quickly, it just didn't feel right. So I, was, I fell into that trap of trying to control it, trying to moderate, making up the rules. You know, we won't drink midweek. It'd start on a Friday night and then it got to the point where it was a little gin and tonic on a Saturday lunchtime and then more Saturday evening, then wine with Sunday lunch and then more on Sunday evening. And we would manage to not drink Monday and Tuesday and that classic midweek, you know, when your body is really beginning to detox the alcohol, the cravings became overwhelming and I would, you know, make an excuse like oh come on we're having spaghetti bolognese you've got to have red wine with spaghetti bolognese you know the excuses would come in and Kate that went on for about 13 years um, and it ground me down and I got to the point of just feeling so flat and like there was no real joy or pleasure with anything in life unless alcohol was involved and I became aware that I was, there was like a, a greediness around alcohol with myself. That I didn't like, I didn't like the look of it. Uh, if I was out and someone bought me a drink and it was a single gin and tonic, and I, you know, so used to home measures, strong drinks, I would feel a little bit hard done by and sometimes go up to the bar and ask for another shot to be put in my drink. And something suddenly just made me feel like it was ugly, like it really soured. Mm. And then just one day I was talking to a friend of mine. Um, I didn't know her socially. We, our children, we both home educate and our, our kids 
did football together. And she just randomly told me in a lighthearted way that she hadn't had a drink for two years. She decided to stop, not because she particularly had a problem. She had a, her drinking habit was maybe a, a beer or two an evening. But that taste of freedom, that just the possibility that she presented to me, I suddenly longed for it. I just thought, oh, oh my God, like it suddenly occurred to me. It's the first time the penny dropped that you could not do this thing, that you could just choose not to drink. And it just hadn't occurred to me before because it was such a huge part of my life. And at a similar time, um, I was bought a bottle of gin for my birthday and a card that said something like, have a gin-tastic birthday on it from mm. my sister. And, you know, it was a lovely thought because at the time I did love drinking gin, but it, it, it was like a sudden wake-up call. Like, oh my God, this has become my identity. So I, I decided that I was gonna stop. Like I wanted to feel that freedom. And I knew that the only way I could achieve that was by being, by burning all my bridges. So I said to my husband, because we had always enabled each other's bad habits. Um, I said, I'm never gonna drink again. And I'm absolutely certain this is the right choice. You don't have to join me. All I ask is that you just support me and don't offer me drinks and don't try and encourage me. But this is something I have to do. And very quickly announced it on Facebook. And I think I shared um, Claire Pooley's TED Talk. Um, so I kind of outed myself very early on as a means of um, accountability. And that was it. And it's, it's, I know it's a, a very rare thing, but I didn't have another drink after that. Amazing. Yeah. You were ready. That was really, it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I say to a lot of people um, that contact me, it's not a linear journey. Mm. You know, people do have to stop and start. And it may have looked that way for me, but I had had 13 years of trying yeah. to control yeah. it. Yeah, you'd had that sort of back and forward sort yeah. of thing going on. The, the, cognitive, dis the cognitive yeah. dissonance of both wanting to drink and not wanting to drink mm. for such a long period of time. Yeah, That's, I really relate yeah. to that. I've, yeah. I've just, some of the things you've talked about, I mean, I, the thing that's occurring to me is this is your story is such a brilliant pre-Christmas tale. It's such for people listening in who might be just thinking, well, maybe I will for Christmas. Maybe it's fine. The, the reality, the kind of stark reality of how you explain it in terms of that kind of, yeah, the kind of trying to moderate it, setting the rules around it the underlying deep sadness that you get when you when you're a mom you know and you're going through those that rite of passage to you know who the who the fuck am I what the fuck happened sort of situation a break and and, and interestingly you know we're going through perimenopause menopause that's another time when that when that can come up um but also that kind of, and I love what you said about that kind of knowing deep down there was a kind of a greed there and it was more than just, oh, I just fancy a drink. You know when that, and you're going, looking outside, is it normal, isn't it normal? But actually, if we are honest, I think everyone who, who knows, kind of knows and recognises that, that greed that kind of yes. never never enoughness and that's such a brilliant kind of little red flag to point you to go okay yeah. that's and and then I absolutely love what you said about you know and it's almost like all the stars aligned you know you saw the alcohol marketing you were given permission you saw it as a possibility um yeah. you know and it was your time well done yeah. thank you yeah, yeah it's the best thing that I have ever done <laughs> without a doubt I mean god knows where I would be now if I 
had carried on mm. down that line. And how long is it now? Two, three years? Um, it will, yeah, it will be four years um, in April 2022. Yeah, the year I turned 50. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. 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 So what about what sort of groups and resources helped you when you started out? Well, it's funny you should say that, Kate, because <laughs> the Love Sober podcast was... No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every day I'd walk my dogs and I would listen to one of your podcasts and one of Annie Grace's, This Naked Mind. Um, and being neurodiverse myself, my ADHD, I really struggle to read and to absorb information. Like mm. I, I can read small bits of facts like reference and I can take it on board. But reading a whole book is a struggle. So listening, like I have an Audible account, that's how I take in all my books now. Mm. Um, and podcasts, that was new to me back then. That was when I first started listening to podcasts. And I just loved it. Listening to you and Mandy, it was just suddenly like, oh, my God, there's people speaking my language. You know, mm. there's I'm not alone. Um, and that is the, the very first time I had felt like that and I knew that um, going to meetings or doing the 12-step program just it, it didn't feel right to me it didn't feel like the right fit mm. there was I was somewhere in between um, being at rock bottom and being a very occasional drinker and at the time I didn't know what that was I didn't know there was a, a place for me and I think um, your podcast gave me that place. And then Annie's podcast gave me some of the science that mm. let it really sink in. Um, and then I decided to, um, I wanted to journal about it, but written was not the right format for me. So I created an anonymous Instagram account and I don't know how long it took for me to go public with that. Maybe four or five months. I think I eventually started, you know, my own name crept in. But at first it was just anonymous. And I just post something every day and connect with other people and did my day count. And I had an app. Um, I think it's I Am Sober, you know, that yeah. keeps track yeah, of your yeah. days. Yeah. And those were my tools the early days mm. podcasts and Instagram I think well yeah and interestingly I'm hearing it from the the science when I was thinking about you know the the fact that the podcast gave you that feeling of not being alone so there's that that connection Annie's doing the brain stuff so we're getting good quality information so it's the both sides of the brain isn't it yeah um and I love that sort of and then tracking progress because that's another real proven way to to affect habit change to really solidify habit change so actually you know isn't it interesting that we kind of know often know what we need <laughs> yes yeah. and we're doing that aren't we what what keeps coming glimmering up to me as well is that thing about connection and I know that this has come sort of come onto the radar at the moment hasn't it we were talking the other day about how to support ourselves and what's going on um and we were talking about this because we've relied on on sort of um social media we've relied on zoom we've relied on on technology and you were sort of talking about that kind of almost the cross addiction that can come out of that and so I'm quite interested to sort of unpick that a bit because obviously it's been really important to you so I'm wondering why yeah why why has that come up talk to us about that um it started uh, you know my I've always you know had had this thing with my phone since I stopped drinking mm. uh, no actually that's not true because actually in when I was first a parent I first discovered Facebook when my eldest two kids uh were toddlers and it was another form of escape. Yes, it gave me connection, 
but it also took me away from the mm. present moment. And I've realized that I still fall into that trap. And I've been reading um, In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts by Gabal Mate, a book about addiction. And, you know, he starts off with drug addiction, but then moves through. And then I was reading the chapters on behavioral addiction um, and wondering if, you know, I, I kind of fall into that category. And addiction might be a strong word, but it is definitely a habit that can be unhealthy. Um, and I, every Monday at the moment, I go, I drive to London and I care for my mum who has Alzheimer's and it's emotionally draining um, and it's difficult. And then I became aware that every Tuesday I couldn't focus on anything. Um, and I would say, I'm going to go and walk the dogs, for example. And then before I knew it, I would be making a, a TikTok video or scrolling on Instagram and my dogs are sniffing at my bedroom door and scratching and all of a sudden it's one o'clock in the afternoon and they've not been walked and I haven't done the laundry and I've got no idea what we're having for dinner. So yeah, that's it, this is, it's just me trying to bring my newfound conscious awareness mm. to my habits and work out what am I actually doing here? How much, is this connection healthy and how much is it taking me away from my real life connections with my children and you know my family and trying to get that balance mm. is really difficult yeah and partly I think at the beginning of COVID with the first lockdown I really struggled to maintain my real life friendships online like the women that I would normally see um, you know I used to go to a, a natural voice choir which was like singing for therapy rather than for performance and it was such a great means of support and then that went on to zoom and I tried one or two of those over zoom and I just couldn't do it so what I did was I retreated from all my real life friendships and I didn't maintain them through the lockdowns and over the last couple of years and instead switched to connecting with strangers on TikTok and Instagram and finding a different kind of support that way mm. but I think it has left me floundering a little bit like yeah I really, the real yeah. life stuff with the hugs with the the real face-to-face -face, with the mm feeling of being part of something outside of my family unit mm. yeah it's I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that can relate to you saying that and I, I I felt um well when when it first kicked in when when the first lockdown happened I had this kind of almost um well not a sense of relief it sounds absolutely awful when you're talking about about it but it was like everyone joined me on zoom for the first time <laughs> and so I didn't feel so odd um and then it was just like you say it's there was some there's something about I think it, it, it it's that what you said about that balance isn't it for many of us we do you know in the sober sphere we do our first connections are online yeah and somehow that was there is always that tinkering around with that balance I think when you're when your new sober friends, when you're trying to make your new sober friends, you're trying to change your life to an alcohol-free one, and you get that sort of shifting around of your social groups in real life, and there's definitely something that happens there. I remember it myself going, oh my goodness, I'm, feel, I'm not sure I'm like online or in real life. And then it happened to everyone because of the pandemic. And I do feel like there's that I really relate to what you said about having that, that almost thirst for feet on the ground, hands in the mud, face to face in real life, hearing your heartbeat kind of connection with other people and other women. Um, yeah. And then there's that sort of fear because we've, we're out of practice. It's like, I don't even know what the rules kind of are anymore. Do we, are we hugging? Are we doing an elbow? 
how yeah. long can I actually cope with this? I'm still thinking maybe an hour and a half max. Do you know, do you know what I mean? And we're not out of it yet, are we? We're still all. Yeah. So. The in and out of lockdowns, mm. uh, our, our home ed life, like none of the groups, like we, we couldn't get any continuity, you know, mm. um, with the singing, you know, we couldn't really do that indoors. Um, yeah. And so it's, yeah, we have become quite isolated from real life yeah. gatherings, you know, communing yeah. with other women. And when you, when you have children, well, for me and maybe for school mums as well, it's just small moments, you know, just small moments of connection when you're waiting for your kids, just a, a little yeah. chat. And there is so much that you gain from, from that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've just, I, as you were talking, I had written down micro connections. I was thinking about how we can, when we're still in this weird kind of liminal no man's land of not quite sure what we're doing, what can we do? And those micro connections to see wherever they are around you, like trying to have that little eye contact with that person along the street and say good morning to them, spend yeah. a bit of time chatting while you're having your shopping while you're doing your shopping and they're not quite the same but at least there's something there they are actually connecting their micro they're scientifically proven aren't they to to boost to boost well-being I see them as like that a little tiny little web it's feeling yeah. quite fragile at the moment but it's still there and I can still see the little dots of rain on the little spider's web if I go and have a really good look and I properly turn towards them or something yes yeah it's yeah just leaning into those moments wherever yeah. you can and um, is. and realizing that they they give you something it's an exchange it's mm. it's a moment um it's not the same but I think it might be a while yet before we get back to I don't know. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, How long Happy we're Christmas! Be, yeah. <laughs> In and out of um, all of this COVID stuff. but Yeah. But I think, you know, it's, uh, I really appreciate you talking about it and us being able to have this conversation. Like, are we not like a, a false, like, right, let's talk about how to socialise at Christmas. I mean, that's all important. We've done it. But this feels like it's, a, it's well, the, we are, like, like I say, coming out of these couple of years-ish, maybe, of, of, of lockdown. We're all feeling depleted. We're looking for those connections, many of us, but in manageable ways. You know, it has such a big tie in with the sober conversation anyway. Um, we have some triggers there, don't we? We have our tiredness being depleted. We may have loneliness being another drinking trigger. The other thing that, that I think is really important not to just get blown away by, you know, the bright false lights of Christmas or the fact that we can't even have the bright false lights of Christmas is this idea we were talking a bit about before about wintering. And it turned out, that we were both reading, how weird is this? We are both at the moment reading a fantastic book by Catherine May yeah. called Wintering. And it is so pertinent. It is so relevant for now. Um, and so this idea of wintering being, well, it's kind of quite, it's, there's some practical elements, aren't there? There's some emotional elements. And it's quite kind of almost a spiritual look at embracing the dark embracing the the ebb and the kind of the dark deep wisdom of the winter yeah. and sometimes winters are thrust upon us that's that's what I've picked up so far sometimes we slide into a winter sometimes some life impact happens we're thrust into a winter our own personal winters yes yeah. but they can be deep times of kind of beauty learning self-compassion and communing with ourselves and finding out what we really need this is what I'm picking up from the book so mm. with that in mind what do you yeah what what are you what's your take on on this idea of wintering as a kind of 
uber seasonal self-care approach I guess yeah I mean for in terms of the, the actual season you know this winter coming up it's made me realize uh, and want to prioritize more spaciousness and ease mm -hmm. and taking off the stress and crossing things out and not worrying that things aren't perfect you know we've we're not doing turkey this year for example we're, we're just because my husband and I both depleted him from work and me from like emotional stuff so and it's a classic time where he and I have fallen out and you know these sort of horrible pointless ugly arguments that come out of stress so we both got together last week and just had a really good chat and just said let's just make this as easy for each other as possible mm. and yeah so there's there's that in terms of you know the coming festive season and then the other thing for me is this the, this time in my life I mean midlife um my mum my mum's decline without Alzheimer's the sudden loss of my dad in November. Um, and I have withdrawn from other areas in my life. I have withdrawn from friends and a lot of socializing. And yeah, this the, the book is actually just, not just the book, actually. I had a, a lovely coaching session and I had a therapy session last week um, and I suddenly just thought, shit, I need to slow down. I mm. need to give myself space and time to process and oh, evolve and just be still and, yeah, mm. give myself grace. Yeah, you know, realise that this is an, an in-between, pretty yeah. bloody tricky phase in my life. Yeah. There is lot going on emotionally because like you you know I have teenage sons um, who I'm supporting as well so you got that on one side and parents on the other and then us and our crazy hormones and yeah. various ailments that, that brings in between so this is my personal winter I think yes yeah uh, and it happens to have aligned with the winter season that I've that I've just become aware of it. But I think this winter, me, this phase of my life has has been going on for a few years. Mm. You know, with the toing and froing um, to London to, you know, take my mama shopping and prepare meals and you know all of that stuff. But that has brought with it um, lots of deep reflection. Yeah. At, that has taken me back to childhood memories and reflections of, you know, her trauma that my mum has lived with because it keeps coming up. It's like one of the few things she remembers through her Alzheimer's is her childhood trauma. And, and that has caused me to reflect on, well, that's had such a huge impact on you as a person. How's that impacted me? And how have how have I impacted my children? So there's like the last since July really so much deep diving for me emotionally. Yeah. And um and I think I said in, in my therapy session yesterday, do you know what? I just I wanna just bob up to the surface for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> like we were saying you know more glitter more disco more dancing yeah because that's the that's the antidote isn't it that's the balance yes and yeah. we need because I okay so I'm gonna just I just want to pick up on a few threads because yeah very, I very much related to what you to what you said and this time of year anyway I think often as a bit of a stick in this it can be tricky because it's like a stick in the sand we've done another revolution around the sun which we do every day but we don't mark the stick in the sand like we do with high days holidays rituals or whatever and this idea of being 
the winter and the winter of our lives going going into this kind of craving space for reflection and I've written yeah. it as she was saying it I was like making little notes <laughs> and I totally get that um I think for people out there who aren't going through perimenopause and menopause this all has all the hallmarks of a huge cultural liminal period that no man's land where we're neither here nor there we're not in the throes of the pandemic. We're not out the other side. We don't know. And those are notoriously, notoriously difficult to emotionally cope with, to process. Um, and when we are, when we don't know how to process and we don't know how to cope, if we're not okay with being all right in that, in that in dwelling in the liminal spaces, because that's why we ritualize them, right? That's why we rush from one to the other. Yeah. And we have guides, don't we? We have guides like therapists. We have guides, I don't know, his culturally times gone by like shamans to, to guide us through thresholds. When we don't do that, we reach for things of comfort. We reach for the phone. We reach for trying to soothe, regulate, numb out, do whatever. So I think it's so pertinent to anyone, you know, bringing it back to the drinking conversation, yeah. being frazzled. But but this 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 sense that I... I remember years ago when when I first started writing features um, for the Sunday Express magazine and I got my first gig writing my own think piece so it wasn't in, instead of interviewing someone and writing a case study about them for the paper which I could be fact-checked it was like my experience and what do I think it was my first feature and I remember just feeling like oh my god I just like it's just such a load of rubbish it's like who would like um and then I realized after doing it a, a few times that if I was and thinking something and feeling something everyone else well not everyone else but yeah. so many other people would be thinking and feeling like that because we're in this cultural soup together and no one's an island and we're all connected and all the rest of it yeah so I think what you said you know and I think also when we go through those times it can feel intensely personal so it is personal to you it is personal to me it is personal to a listener listening in but it's really connect it connects us all as well because it's sort yeah. of a collective yeah. suffering and a collective process, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's global trauma, it is. really. This, mm. this whole pandemic thing, and um, you know, I know from um, my TikTok account and the and the people that have been reaching out to me, how much drinking has escalated mm. um, over the last couple of years, and how people are just suddenly floundering and panicking and thinking you know how the hell do I get out of this now mm. um yeah and then for the people that already are not drinking what are the soothing coping yeah. mechanisms um, so you were talking about I was gonna say you're talking about glitter how do we light ourselves up in these dark times it's like how do we put up our inner fairy lights how do we light our inner fires at this time of year how do yeah. we soothe ourselves and light ourselves up what do, what do you do gosh um getting outside you know getting outside in nature and walking the dogs and I'm now trying to do that without listening to an audiobook or a podcast I'm trying to just actually slow it all down so being more mindful so, yeah, listening to the sounds around me and doing like a bit of a, a mindfulness walk. Um, and I am trying to do a bit more of that, like uh, guided meditations. Um, mm. I love, I know you've talked a lot in the past about the Tara Brack uh, rain meditation, mm. but I love the smile. Have you done her smile one? Mm, Is it where you place a smile through your body? Yeah, and then you imagine, you know, the curve of a smile in the blue sky. Um, Aww, that's really that? lovely. There's a, there's a yeah. 10 minute one. Um, and I try to make it a daily practice, but I'm not very good at, at <laughs> sticking to a routine. Mm. I'm trying, but yeah. 
um, trying to, yeah, my, my movement, I love movement. And at the moment, I don't have the energy for dancing, which is a real shame. Mm. It does light me up, but I'm finding yoga is hitting that spot for me. Mm. Um, what else do I do? Hot water sinking into a hot tub, which we, you know, really fortunate to have got with the, you know, money that both of us have saved now in our house by not drinking <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes. do you know what that's lighting me up just thought of that hot tub it's just yeah. such a lovely lovely yeah. thing it is it, yeah. it, it's that same feeling you know when you sink into a deep hot bath that mm. <sighs> feeling just letting it all go yeah yeah um, that you know that's my husband when he gets in from work you know I might be in the middle of cooking and he'll say how are you doing like can you pause that if you've got 10 minutes just to jump in the hot tub and we'll go mm. sink in and then just have a chat and check in with each other and I have to be careful because sometimes <laughs> I rattle on like talk at him intensely for about 10 minutes and I suddenly realize that oh poor poor man he's not having a chance to relax here um you just ruined that hot tub <laughs> <laughs> But I have I have given him permission like if you just need to to do that mm. on your own you don't have to invite me <laughs> because you know it's that thing when you're at mm. home um all day on your own unless I've been coaching sometimes I don't see another adult mm. I haven't yeah. had a chance to talk and that's myself. not a kind of a normal uh interaction is it you know you feel if you're coaching then you're holding yeah. space you're reflecting it's just it's not a you know yeah. just a blah blah blah, blah 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah that's that's big um yeah I, that's that they're the main things I've got at the moment Oh, that seems to go with your it's sort of more like your inner winter as well isn't it it's that resting restoring sensory stuff I would say to people you know to to that's how I light myself up a sensory sensory toolkit is such a big thing and I love what you said about Tara Brack as well that self-compassion is so key I think self-compassion is is the superpower and needs to be taught in schools and and to to do this you know to help our senses you know work with our sensory needs yeah it's um, so important isn't it i love a box set at the moment um anything immersive a box oh. set to just switch off to yeah we've been really into uh britannia have you seen oh, no romans oh okay um, yeah that, bit of fantasy yeah, fantasy yeah. roman uh, well yeah it's like romans and druids and um yeah it's it's sort of historic historical <laughs> yeah. <fun> and entertaining <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> really yeah wicked. so um i know you're doing um some great training so you're 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 a coach in training and you're doing some you, you know amazing sober advocacy work and um just helping people out you know and being absolutely amazing um but I know you've got some quite exciting plans for next year haven't you yeah I mean the two things that I'm sort of working on at the moment in my spare time one is my website which is really exciting I want to get that up and running um finish my life's coaching certificate which I have for my own peace of mind and mental health put on pause for now Good. because I've realized I was using that as a bit of a stick to beat myself with because I had told myself I would have it completed by January and I'm not on course and that's okay you know mm. this is part of that bringing ease into my life yeah. letting go of the things that I I can let go of um, but I have also applied for um a course called compassionate inquiry with uh designed and, and part led by gabor mate oh, and he's just so jealous. <laughs> an <laughs> absolute hero of mine at the moment i just can't get enough of his teachings and mm. reading all of his books um and that yeah that just speaks to me so much because 
um, I have a lot of compassion, more so for other people <laughs> than myself sometimes. Um, but it's like an application. Um, you know, it's not a modality in its own. It, it goes along with coaching or mm. therapy or counselling. You know, it's it's a way of uh, applying um, compassion, uh, compassion and conscious awareness and helping people to um, understand themselves and reach wholeness, mm. um, find that that place of wholeness, which you know, is work in progress and something mm. I'm working on to feel like a whole and complete person. So that that is really exciting. Mm. I don't know whether I've uh, I've sent off my application. I don't know whether I'll be accepted yet. Um, but if I am, that starts in February. So and it's exciting. quite, yeah, quite an intensive course. Mm. So I just got to hope that I have got the space for it. Mm. You have to come back on when you've um, when you've done it tell us all about Gabal Mate who's yeah the the hero the hero that he is um, yeah well I'm just aware of the time we're going to start wrapping up so um what's your we always finish with what's your tip of the day and your reason to love sober <laughs> my tip of the day um is something that I always come back to and it is find a way to play whether that is just taking a moment to dance in the kitchen or getting a glittery manicure or spending 20 minutes trying out a different style of eye makeup. It's one of my things or learning how to play Minecraft with one of your kids. Just really, yeah, getting into that moment and finding whatever it is for you. It might not be the same things for me, but yeah, where you forget everything else for a moment and just get that sense of play. Because sometimes I think we can take life so seriously and it all becomes rather intense and overwhelming. So yeah, make time for playing. Love it. Yeah, love it, love it. And what's your reason to love sober today? Um, it is the clarity and the consciousness that I've gained and sometimes it is hard and it's difficult and it can feel overwhelming but actually it's where growth lies you know just I feel like um, particularly in the last year I've learned I've been able to like step outside of my own life and look in at it and see what's going on and work out what I need to do and how yeah. I need to handle things and um, I didn't you know there's no way I had any of that understanding when I was drinking mm. so forever grateful for that gift it is a gift it is the gift that keeps on giving yes. isn't it and thank you so much for for coming on and I, I hope that people listening in um, get that sense of just you know it's things as they are being okay you yeah. know yeah. it's like the whole thing about being sober is being sober is so much better than when you're stuck in the drinking cycle yeah. it's not a pane panacea for you know so that expectation that everything's going to be brilliant that we can then we can put on ourselves you know we know life is impactful and it's kind of supposed to be is what I'm picking up as well there's some kind of you know wisdom in that you know that the and and hope that we will go through if we have if we have an idea of those cycles you know the transitions the fact that we will end up in no man's lands sometimes yeah. and you know but but it but it's okay right we can reach out we can connect and we have some tools now you know that, that's what I'm sort of picking up from our conversation today yeah and the strength we we get from being sober and from feeling all the feelings is is knowing that that we can get through it you know we're mm. going to be all right we can cope with it we get blown about by the wind but 
we we can remain rooted and and ride out um but yeah i just wanted to refer back to something that stuck with me from your podcast last week with mandy is is that we can yeah we can just stop driving for a while over winter and stop feeling like we have to achieve or have to improve or have to keep pushing ourselves you know it's just to to let go that's what I want to do over this winter break yeah. whatever we can whatever just, we can yeah. let go of yeah and just be in the moment and yeah. just soak up some Christmas love yeah <laughs> and yeah. come back stronger in the new year yeah that's it and it's I suppose it's that um you know and real lives and real pressures mean that we do have to keep going anyway in certain areas but yeah. wherever possible yeah. to find it, like you said to be really mindful and turn towards those those moments and then give ourselves permission to cut ourselves slack as much much as we possibly can yeah mm. I'm going to journal about that actually like what what do I want to let go of from 2021 mm. and what do I want to take into 2022 yeah lovely yeah it's been lovely chatting yeah Thank you so much. Thank so you if you're um, oh, um, and if you're immediately concerned about your drinking, just reach out, um, send up a flare, hello at lovesober.com. You can find Nancy at So Loving Radical. She's on TikTok, she's on Instagram, she does amazing, amazing dance music, sparkly, glittery, just so creative. It's brilliant. They make me smile seeing all your when you, you know when you post on there it's be brilliantly creative um so yeah and just or just reach out to one of the other sober forums just know you're not alone um and we'll send lots of love and we will see you next week for more chat <laughs>